Welcome to BCP Unfiltered. This is a very late episode. We had two, three hour delay in flights today, which threw off our production schedule. But because it's so late, I can now report to you the breaking news that the Senate has joined the House of uh, Representatives in screwing us over with this debt deal. Uh, Senate passes Biden-McCarthy debt ceiling bill 63 to 36. Hey, at least we got a palindrome out of it with the 63 to 36. One of the first ones to break the news was uh, Manu Raju via Twitter. Uh, Manu from uh, from CNN. News 63 to 36. Senate gives final approval of a bill to suspend the debt limit until January 2025, ending a tense several weeks in Washington and a bitter partisan standoff that ultimately ended with a McCarthy-Biden deal that faced bipartisan support and opposition in both houses. What a freaking farce. A bitter partisan standoff. It was all show pomp and manufactured drama with Biden saying, I'm not going to negotiate and Kevin McCarthy having a framework and then we get screwed over. We get screwed over. I just finished watching uh, the report that Junior, my oldest son, did over on his and Juniorette's show, Nothing But The News, and the clips uh, that he used on there. And we see that so many of them stabbed us in the back, and then try to justify it. Junior on his show had the clip with um, Marjorie Taylor Greene, can't remember his name, Rob Sh- Rob Schmidt from uh, Newsmax. And she said, I wasn't for the bill, but I voted for it. I mean, total swamp BS. It's crazy. It's crazy. So the bill now is going to go to Biden's desk, and he will sign it into law. You saw how quick the Senate jumped on it? I mean... McConnell had said a few days ago before the House even passed it that he was happy to sign it once it came over to the Senate. Getting so screwed over royally, folks. I mean, like, how can you have any confidence? I mean, you have people like Jim Jordan, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Borber didn't even show up to vote. I don't know what that's all about. I should probably look into that. And we, we had some others, too, that uh, were quite surprising voted on it. Anyway, here are some of the relevant observations from Representative Mance, uh, Nancy Mace, who was opposed to the bill. This deal normalizes high record uh, re- normalizes record high spending st- uh, started during the pandemic. So they go, oh, we lowered it. They didn't lower it to pre-pandemic. They lowered it compared to the high during the pandemic. It sets these historically high spending levels as the baseline for all future spending. The bill then grows government even more each year at about 1%. They've locked in the screwery of America. Uh, It keeps the record high spending intact and makes it the baseline for all spending. It doesn't actually set a debt limit. Rather, it suspends the debt limit entirely until January 2nd, 2025. There's no actual 
amount capping the debt ceiling. Now, they are telling us that the bill is cut $41 billion in its first year, but that's about the same amount as the unspent COVID funds. So it's not really a cut. It's a wash. Not even a wash. It's like it's like an unclaimed bonus. It's like, yeah, we saved money because people didn't claim their bonus at the end of the year. Wow. There is a $1.4 billion cut to the IRS, but that's not the $80 billion in cuts that they were talking about having so that we wouldn't have these 87,000 agents. The uh, elected there will be a $10 billion cut off the top for 2024. Um, But that's what they said. People looking to the bill have not seen it actually in the bill. And the money can be cut anywhere the IRS decides. And it probably won't be in the hiring of those 87,000 agents, which of course are going to be used to harass hardworking, working class, poor, and lower middle class people. I say lower middle class people because middle class is pretty big in America and the higher middle class have attorneys and CPAs that will fight back against these things. I can tell you um, that I've been audited more than once uh, by the IRS and because I know the value of sacrificing and not trying to do it your own way, I've unfortunately uh, in the past have had to pony up money to have attorneys and CPAs amend. And several years ago, now story time, several years ago when I had my construction financing business, I did my taxes uh, with Denise. She was a great, uh, she was great on my taxes. Uh, She since uh, has retired. We, uh, I found her because I had gotten, you know, the scary letter from the IRS saying that things didn't match and that this is the number that they have come up with that I actually owe. And I was absolutely flabbergasted. We had just actually opened up a couple offices in Southern California and we had outgrown our previous uh, tax preparer uh, who wasn't a CPA. Um, and we, we said, no, we need to get someone who knows how to handle this. So we found someone, Denise, who actually used to work for the IRS. So that was, uh, that was good. A CPA who worked for the IRS and her expertise was in amendments. You know what it was? One of the things that triggered it, someone had been working under my wife's social security for several years, had filed taxes. Now the IRS knows that people, there's like six, seven, 17 people filing taxes under the same social security number uh, they know that uh, that the people who are getting these tax id numbers to file taxes aren't actual citizens they're fine with that because they're getting in the revenue right but somehow what they did was what they had tried to do was uh was more than the irs was able to turn a blind eye to and it triggered an audit for us luckily when everything was all said and done the IRS, uh, I, uh, the IRS actually uh, ended up owing me like it was a, a funny amount. I was like sixty three dollars, something like that. 
But actually, I didn't win because I had to pay Denise and her staff to fix the thing for me. And it wasn't, I mean, it was cheaper than the bill they said that they that I owed them, but it wasn't cheap. My point in this is that if you're poor or working class or just starting a business and you don't have uh, any cash or any savings, uh, perhaps you are just bootstrapping the beginning of a business and then you get an audit, you're toast. And that's what those 87,000 new IRS agents are going to be going uh, doing and who they're going to be going after. It's going to be a case of low-hanging fruit. I think the key part here of Representative Mace's conclusion is pretty much this. It fully funds every spending request pretty much by the illegitimate Biden administration. So there you have it. There you have it. And let's not forget that the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, the IRA that was previously passed, um, was anything but an Inflation Reduction Act. And just in case that wasn't bad enough, now we've got this. Now, what does this mean for Kevin McCarthy? If you recall, uh, under the new House rules, it only takes one member of Congress from either party to bring a motion to vacate the House Speaker. And and, and that motion to vacate forces a a vote on removing uh, the Speaker of the House. And then it would only take a simple majority vote to remove McCarthy. It'd be nice to see if they actually had the cojones, the brass pair, the chutzpah to actually remove him. So there you go. The House of Representatives, which is a majority GOP, screwed us over royally. And then the Senate ratified it essentially. And we know that Biden is going to sign it. And isn't that convenient? It is barely the 1st of June. I'm sure they're going to make fanfare when Biden signs it in the next day or two. And it'll be just in time for him to sign it before the new X date that Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen moved from today to the 5th, magically finding money to fund the government. Of course, it's all politics. It was all optics so that Joe Biden could get this win. By the way, folks, I got I got to mention this story uh, that's going on in Louisiana because it's not just... See, see I report on national politics, right? That That's, the, that's my market is... That's you guys nationwide. And the reason why you like me, like my show, is because you like me or you're like me. My skin color doesn't matter. My gender doesn't matter. What matters is I am explaining, analyzing things that resonate with you because we are alike. But I focus on national politics. But what happens is we take our eyes off of local politics and they're screwing us there as well. The CCP has not just power over the Biden family. Most Democrats and most Republicans, unfortunately, on Capitol Hill in D.C., but they also have their hydro tentacles into the various state legislative bodies 
in our 50 beautiful United States. In what can only be reviewed as a massive betrayal of public trust, two days ago, a Louisiana Senate Judiciary Committee, commi- committee defeated legislation that would have prohibited the CCP, China, and sworn enemies and adversaries of the United States from purchasing immovable property in the interior of the state. Wow. This is uh, J. Christopher Alexander of the Louisiana Citizen Advocacy Group. I wonder if he's bilingual because purchasing immovable property. Immobilaria, that's uh, immobilari, I believe is the Latin or the Italian word. Uh, and we use it in Spanish as well for bienes raíces, uh, immovable real estate, the things you can't move. I know, that's an interesting way of putting it. But obviously talking about farmlands. The committee is a majority Republican and its chairman is Senator Barrow Peacock, um, who represents parishes in North Louisiana. Gotta love Louisiana, the only state that doesn't have counties, they have parishes. Peacock, nor any other Republican committee member, opposed a motion by Democrat senator to defer Republican representatives' legislation, effectively killing it. The legislation had passed overwhelmingly out of the state house and appeared to be a cinch for a passage in the Senate. So, anybody who has any doubt about China's imperial designs on the United States needs only to read the recent article by Calder Walton and the Harvard Kennedy School. It's an indictment of China's all-out efforts to dismantle American critical infrastructure. And in Louisiana, a Republican-dominated committee failed to, to, to put forward and to move forward legislation that would have prohibited the Chinese Communist Party from acquiring immovable property on Louisiana soil. And that's just another example of how we have been sold out by our supposed Republican representatives who are doing the bidding of China. Either they're compromised or they're paid off or both. And let's not forget that there are a lot of actual Democrats running as Republicans. They play dirty. And that's why they're winning. They're not winning, James. They're winning. 63 to 36. Okay, let's talk COVID. And let's talk uh, COVID-19 death shot. This is uh, very, very interesting. Hollywood actor and singer Jamie Foxx has been under speculation regarding his health. Okay, so last month, it was reported they went to the hospital while filming um, during a shooting with Cameron Diaz. Okay, he has some sort of serious condition, but the family's been kind of mums the word on it. Now, some had speculated that Jamie Foxx had suffered a stroke because uh, after he was released from the hospital, he was receiving rehab at a facility in Chicago that specializes in stroke recovery. Now we've got Mike Tyson, who recently confirmed the speculations about the stroke, saying that uh, Jamie Foxx isn't feeling well. 
and he said that Fox had a stroke. But saying, I have no idea what happened to him. Well, now we have journalist A.J. Benza, Hollywood journalist, who has obtained details from a close source to Jamie Foxx. Now, folks, this is not Hollywood news. This is COVID death shot news because this is bombastic and they're trying to hide it. Jamie Foxx allegedly suffered from partial paralysis, blindness, and a range of other complications after receiving the bioweapon masquerading as a COVID-19 vaccine. Now, this was, uh, Benza said this to, to Dr. Drew, the famous uh, Dr. Drew uh, Pinsky on his show. Quote, Jamie had a blood clot in his brain after he got the shot. He did not want the shot, but the movie he was on, he was pressured to get it. And now it's going to cost him his career, possibly. Having been paralyzed and blinded and having a stroke due to a blood uh, clot in his brain. Wow. Now, we don't have any word on the accuracy of this claim yet. But now we have two insiders at least saying that he had a stroke. The podcaster and Hollywood journalist revealed that Fox had reservations about getting the vaccination, uh, vac- the vaccine, but felt compelled to do it because of the, product, uh, the pressure from the film production he was involved in. Hmm. We'll see if we ever find out the truth about that. Okay, let's talk about crack, Hunter Crack. This is absolutely crazy. Uh, this is what Politico reported today. Could Hunter Biden be the next poster child for Second Amendment rights? This is Politico in their White House section today. The president's son is under investigation for potentially breaking the law, banning drug users from owning guns, but the law's constitutional constitutionality faces growing challenges. So would you believe that Hunter Biden is now going to use a Second Amendment argument? For breaking the law. Hunter Biden's attorneys intend to argue he was within his Second Amendment rights to purchase a handgun in 2018 during a time in his life in which he admitted he was addicted to crack cocaine. During a time when his father, his father, who's currently the fake president, is making the case for further restricting of gun rights, the younger Biden might look to use recent legal precedent to shield himself from these charges, should they come down to it, is what Politico is reporting. Biden purchased a handgun in October of 2018. In his memoirs, he said that he was smoking crack every 15 minutes, which means that he lied on ATF Form 4473 when he bought the gun because the the, the form asks uh, prospective gun buyers, quote, are you an unlawful user of or addicted to marijuana or any depressant, stimulant, narcotic drug, or any other controlled substance? Why marijuana is on that list, I don't know. Big Pharma. I am not, folks, I don't drink any sort of alcohol. I don't smoke anything, including marijuana. 
you know, I, I don't do any of that stuff. But it still boggles my mind. And I, I'm not a proponent of smoking marijuana. I think it's, I think it's, I don't, I'm, I don't believe in it. But it's so funny how a relatively compared to oxy, cocaine, crack, and even in like, like, you know, oxycontin and other prescribed drugs, marijuana is still in 2023 associated with those other drugs. Once again, this is not, I'm not condoning marijuana use. It's just not a narcotic drug like all the other dangerous things that people actually do dangerous things on. Now, of course, anyone who answers that question in the affirmative is denied the right to purchase a gun, just like the one that Hunter Biden bought. But Biden's attorneys have a plan in place to use the Second Amendment to protect him from the charge, even though his father is pushing for more gun control. That doesn't freaking matter, folks, because it's a two-tier system. Rules for thee and me, but the elitists say, not for we. Wow. Hunter Biden fighting for Second Amendment rights. What a freaking joke. Okay, let's talk about uh, stolen elections. I think they're going to continue at least in, in Maricopa County. Check this out. Maricopa County Supervisor Bill Gates announced his retirement from the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors at the end of his term in 2025 today in a statement regarding the 2024 election. Gates has held office in Arizona since 2009 when he was appointed by the Phoenix City Council and he was later elected to the Board of Supervisors in 2016. Today, Thursday, he made the announcement stating that he will pursue other interests and opportunities and that he looks forward to running the 2024 election. At this point, I'm not ruling out anything out. I'm most interested in this, in this current job and getting through 2024. So he's going to screw over Arizona in the 2024 elections and then exit the building. And the screwery continues. I will have full reporting for you tomorrow, Friday. I appreciate your support in making this show possible. Please don't forget to support also Junior and Juniorette uh, on their channel on YouTube. They're still on YouTube. I can't be on YouTube, but they still are on there. So support their channel. I uh, I, I will occasionally, when I remember, to uh, post links to their videos on social media. By the way, folks, the BCP podcast show is on Twitter. I will put the link down below. Please follow this show on Twitter. Until the next one, which is tomorrow, ciao, goodbye, good night or good morning because this will probably go up so late it'll probably be past midnight in the East Coast. Until mañana, ciao, goodbye, big hug, God bless. Gotta give us what we want. Uh, gotta give us what we need.